0: Shalom Aleichem, I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Sam Ball, co-founder of Citizen Film and director and producer of SholemAleichem.org, as well as Jeremy Dauber, professor of Yiddish literature and director of Columbia University's Institute of Israel and Jewish Studies. Sam Ball is a filmmaker whose work has been exhibited at many of America's most prestigious venues for art documentary, from MoMA New York to the Sundance Film Festival. He's a producer and director of multimedia and traditional documentaries for Citizen Film, which he co-founded in 2001. Citizen Film specializes in collaborating with civic and cultural institutions to create documentary media that provokes reflection and action, and it counts many Jewish organizations among its clients and collaborators. Jeremy Dauber grew up in a modern Orthodox Jewish community in New Jersey went on to Harvard, where, upbringing notwithstanding, he read authors like Isaac Beshevitz Singer and Philip Roth for the first time, and he got hooked. He went on to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar and wrote about Hebrew and Yiddish literature. He then went on to get a job at Columbia University, where he now teaches about, and among other things, Dostoevsky, Mel Brooks, graphic novels, and Sholem Aleichem. In 2013, he published... The Worlds of Sholem Aleichem, the Remarkable Life and Afterlife of the Man Who Created Tevye, the first comprehensive biography of the most beloved author of all times, the creator of Tevye the Dairyman, the collection of stories that inspired Fiddler on the Roof. Jeremy is an alumnus of the Yiddish Book Center and serves as a member of the Center's Board of Directors. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Well, thanks for for joining me today to talk about... The soon-to-be-launched, Sholemlechem.org, it's a website that will celebrate the great Yiddish writer on the occasion of his 100th York site. And uh, full disclosure, the Yiddish Book Center has been collaborating with you on this project, so I have inside knowledge and can say with certainty it is quite an exciting and ambitious project. Um, I guess my first question for you both is, how did the idea come to be?
2: Yeah, so the... uh... The idea to collaborate on a Sholem Alaykum website came out of uh, several conversations Jeremy and I had, and uh, then we brought in uh, a partner, fantastic partner, the Sholem Network, which was established by Sholem Alaykum's descendants to uh, you know, keep his legacy alive, keep people reading Sholem Alaykum. And... Jeremy and I had been collaborating on a larger initiative that this is part of uh, called New Media in Jewish Studies. The idea behind that being that there was a very fruitful uh, partnership that could be created between some of the great Jewish studies people in the United States and uh, a team of digital storytellers and um, Jewish studies students to take some of the ideas that Jewish studies people typically relate in writing and translate some of those ideas into multimedia formats that are uh, very accessible and that take advantage of new technologies. So um, we created the site you know, mostly to showcase Shulmelecham and get contemporary readers excited about rediscovering him, um, but also to test out. Uh, how we can do Jewish studies in um, some of the more interesting and exciting digital media of today. So, for example, there's a section uh, we created with Jeremy's students called Maps and Timelines. Uh, it's in a, a, the Life and Times tab on the map bar at sholamalafim.org, uh, which makes great use of these beautiful archival images, and weaves them together with text and interactivity to give you a sense not only of who Shal was as a writer, but how his uh, work uh, relates to his life and times. So you really can learn as much about the Yiddish-speaking world uh, of his lifetime and how rapidly it changed as you can
1: discover uh, some of his work and some great translations, old and new. And I just have to say, it was a, a real privilege to work with uh, Sam and Citizen Film on this project, as uh, I have on a number of others before. But who add just such visual grace and class, uh, you know, to the work of a writer who painted these remarkable pictures in words. Uh, you know, you can really see how it's been adopted for for uh, you know an age and a technology that Shalom Aleichem really. Uh, as imaginative as he was, couldn't really have imagined in some ways. Uh, and also, you know, great thanks to the family who have been uh, amazing at keeping alive Shalom Aleichem's legacy to the public, primarily, uh, although not solely, through uh, these celebrations, and celebrations is the right word, that they've done for his yard site, uh, where they do these readings of his work and, and fulfill the terms of his will, which is to have his, his work sort of known in the community. It's going to be his 100th yard site this year. Uh, it, it was a remarkable time, as the family understood, to uh, mo- have a different kind of memorial for him, in addition to uh, the, the the family readings and celebrations. And that website, you know, uh, making those kinds of things available to the entire uh, world. You know, is really something that uh, we were so privileged to be able to work with them on.
0: And, and Jeremy, I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about his ethical will, and you know, sort of. I think it, in some ways, informs this project in terms of I, I getting think that's literature right. out. I
1: mean, one of the things that Shalom Aleichem uh, did, you know, uh, was make sure we well, was very interested in his legacy and his posterity. And one of the things that he he wanted to make sure was that. uh, continued to be known uh, after his death. I mean, I, uh, while he might have agreed with Woody Allen that he wanted to achieve immortality best through not dying, uh, he certainly wanted to, um, you know, just to, to have his work out there. And he he wrote a will that was aimed at the public uh, to try and sort of, uh, you know, make his legacy sort of well-known. Uh, that will itself uh, was published uh, and among other places uh in the uh the newspapers and the New time it was read into the congressional record uh and that was obviously a very uh unusual phenomenon for a yiddish writer uh and that in combined with sort of the mass funeral and this incre- uh, incredible attendance tens if not uh tens of thousands hundreds of thousand people um, you know, began to have Americans who did not necessarily know his name uh, say, you know, who is this person? Uh, And that started a a very uh, complicated uh, legacy that eventually would lead to uh, Fiddler on the Roof, to Tevye, you know, appearing on Broadway.
0: So, you know, we can get introduced to the writer in a lot of different ways, and the site includes – This array of, it's got video, it's got audio, digital humanities materials, recommended reading lists, and on and on and on. And I think as a user, it's really exciting because not only do you begin to sort of get to interact with um, his work and who he was as a writer and um, culturally what he was all about, But you are encouraged to just sort of go deeper and deeper and deeper in this discovery through these collaborations. And I wondered if um, you could give me a couple of examples of the kinds of resources that users will find.
1: Sam, you want to take the lead?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Lisa, you're absolutely right to start with the ethical will. And and this uh, 100th York site uh, that coincides with the launch of the, the site uh, was a, a big impetus behind the project. You'll see, for example, on the site a replica of his um, ethical will, published in the New York Times on Wednesday, May the seventeenth, nineteen sixteen, and uh, we've taken that article and made it interactive, so you can um, uh, not only read Schollmeyerham's final request, but uh, Click out from that request to some analysis about what he was trying to say or what he um, may have been thinking in the context for some of what he says there. Uh, so that's a it's a great place to start. And then uh, you know there there are one of my favorite parts of the site are uh, Jeremy's recommended reading list and for people who uh, may only know Shalom Aleichem through Fiddler on the Roof, which is and an adaptation of Tevye, his most famous character, you can find work that may be a bit off the beaten path to, to some readers, but uh, is you know really inventive. So just the chance to go and discover short stories, and big thank you for the Yiddish Book Center. For people who read Yiddish, those stories are available um, at no charge, and otherwise we have uh, Amazon links to point you towards uh a great place to start if you're interested in discovering Sholem Aleichem beyond heavy or beyond Fiddler. right?
0: It's, um, and it's,
2: then uh, speaking of Fiddler, one of the most uh, what I think will be one of the most popular pages on the site is about Sholem Aleichem's strange afterlife uh, largely but not exclusively to the Fiddler. So for example uh, you can discover interactively uh, everything from a Uh, a a rendition of Fiddler that was performed by a black and Puerto Rican cast in Brownsville, Brooklyn, in the midst of uh, a a struggle for community ownership of schools, where there was a lot of tension between uh, the largely Jewish teaching staffs at some of the schools and uh, the residents. And into this maelstrom was dropped a, a very successful production of on the roof that got a lot of attention at the time. And you can fast forward on this timeline that was designed uh, by the night Lab uh, to a Gwen Stefani uh, rendition of uh, If I Were a Rich Man, that she adapted to be rich girl, and that was produced by Dr. Dre. And these are just two examples of uh, a very eclectic multimedia afterlife you can discover on the site on uh, a section on Fiddler and then there are other sections that take you beyond Fiddler to some works that may not be as well known but that have also been adapted in various ways so you really uh, get a tour through uh, the the work of a writer who had an extraordinary impact on Jewish literature and uh, you can then follow his afterlife through some of the more interesting aspects You can discover, for example, a sock puppet performance of Fiddler that's been viewed by many thousands of people on YouTube. (laughs) So our goal is to keep this fresh so that as new material comes in, you'll be able to discover it on the site.
0: And, Jeremy, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about why he continues to be such a celebrated literary figure, and, and what do you think we can take away from his work and his legacy?
1: Well, you know, I think that all sorts of generations discover a kind of different Shalom Aleichem. Um, so, when right after he died, or right around the time that he died, I think that if you asked most people what Shalom Aleichem's legacy would have been, they would have said, you know, he was a great chronicler of childhood characters like Mutl, uh and others, uh, less famous characters, Muttel the Cantor's son. Um, were beginning to be translated into English and to Russian, and people said, you know, this is one of the great universal writers of this uh, combination of wonder and terror and pathos. It's all sort of wrapped up in childhood. And that was the Shalom aleichem of let's say the nineteen teens. Right? And then after that, uh and after the Holocaust, people said uh, you know, when 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 a collection of works of his came out in, in translation under the title The Old Country and became a bestseller in America, New York Times bestseller, people said the thing about Shalom Aleichem is that he really is the most important chronicler of a vanished, in this case, murdered world. Right? It, it, uh, we can rediscover, we can, in some cases, memorialize, uh, Sholem, you know, that world uh, through Shalom Aleichem's works and through his eyes. And then a couple of decades later, when Fiddler on the Roof came out. You know, people said, we're in a time of social transition. There's revolution and change from one generation to the next. Uh, And for people in the late 60s, it's funny, but this fiddler-on-the-roof story of tradition and change speaks to our moment particularly well, which is why, as Sam was just saying, you know, these adaptations, you know, among widely uh, different groups of people than the original audience for the debut stories, you know, hit home so deeply. Uh, When I was writing my biography of Shalom Aleichem, Which was right after the 2008 financial crisis, I naturally gravitated, among other things, among all these other things, to works of his that dealt with uh, a lot of uh, economic issues. Shalom Aleichem was fascinated and obsessed, having uh, inherited and lost a fortune himself, of the ebbs and flows of capital uh, and of finances. And it's funny to say that one of the best writers on the financial crisis of 2008 is Shalom Aleichem. But that also is true. So I'll be very interested, you know, I hope to be reading and talking about Shalom Aleichem and teaching him and, you know, seeing adaptations for years and years to come, what the next generation Shalom Aleichem will be. Sort of, it'll be interesting to find out.
0: And it seems like you're going to invite some of that conversation by using social media and selected readings, et cetera. And um, that's a really interesting way to start that conversation or to encourage it.
1: I think that's a great point. I mean, one of the things we would love is for people to, you know, um, try and take this site and say, well, here are some elements of Shalom Aleichem's work that uh, haven't been up on the site yet and that we want to, you know, bring to people's attention. And I think that would be fantastic, too.
0: So there is a social media component to it.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, there's
2: a strong social media component. And there's also a a new media component in the sense that, uh, for example, Jeremy just talked about how to look at Sholem Aleichem in light of some of the economic fluctuations of today. There's a really fun uh, timeline with archival materials that we created with Jeremy's graduate students that um, present different ways of thinking about Sholem Aleichem and money or uh, wealth and fortunes. And there are instructions on the site for how to create your own... Night timeline, so you can see what we've done, and then you can submit your own timeline, which we would be delighted to include in the site's archive. So, in addition to the social media piece, there's an opportunity to creatively contribute to the site uh, some analysis. Just you know, as Jeremy was saying, Scholmuthing is so open to interpretation, and um, for Yiddish Book Center fans who are also Scholmuthing fans. I think there's a really fun opportunity to create a timeline and organize uh, thoughts in a way that you can present uh, to other show and life and lovers through the site. Cool. And um, that's in and out of bar. It, it says for educators, and these are certainly very good classroom activities, but really they're activities that uh, fans can complete and submit as well.
0: It's been it's been fun working with you on this and getting together with other staff here at the center to figure out what the assets and resources are from our collection and how we can sort of cross-pollinate and you begin to realize it's really rich. Um, There's a lot of material and I would um, remind everybody that you've got um, translation. So those of us who are not Yiddish readers can read his work in translation as well as links to, Um, our digital Yiddish library where they can find the works in the original Yiddish.
1: Well, Lisa, uh, one of my favorite moments of this kind of cross-pollination is in the uh, interactive will that Sam was talking about before. You know, one of the links takes you, uh, is is about a line that he has in the will uh, about his grandchild, Bella. Mm -hmm. And if you click on that link, it takes you to an interview that the Yiddish Book Center conducted with that same granddaughter Bella, who grew up to be known under the name Belle Kaufman, is a noted writer in her own right. She wrote that novel, Up the Down Staircase, that became a movie and all of this. Uh, And uh, the Book Center interviewed her as part of, uh, you know, a long oral history project, uh, the Wexler oral history project, if I remember.
0: Right, right.
1: And, 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 you know, it's just uh, remarkable as a jumping-off point to see what other kinds of riches the Yiddish Book Center has as well uh, in this kind of field, too.
0: But and and all of the partners that you're working with, I mean, it just it's a really engaging, exciting um, site. And I would say that you might want to talk a little bit about the fact that it will grow. It's not going to launch and sort of be static. It it seems like you have a lot of ambitious plans over the course of the next many months. Yes. Yes, Jeez. many months
2: and and beyond. Um, you know, one of the things we wanted to do is create a Sholem Aleichem website that um, was more accessible than some of the scholarly sites that are out there um, but also offered resources for educators so to um, give readers who just like reading a chance to discover a great writer and then to give educators who teach Sholem Aleichem some ideas and inspirations but there's also a a very strong piece that geared towards the Jewish community as one of the the examples. Um, We've been conducting these York site uh, events where people get together, they view some of the media that's on the site, we have some prompts so people can discuss the media with one another. Uh, This might be through a book club affiliated with a Jewish community center, or um, in some cases we've done full evenings in Jewish centers where we show some of the media on the site, and then we invite the audience to do a read-out-loud activity that um, Jeremy and Citizen Film designed and uh, do exactly what he asks us to do in his final request, which is to read his work out loud in community the way many of his readers did on Fridays when the latest installment of a serial uh, story would come out. And uh, it, it's really uh, part of what we want to do is rekindle and adapt uh, the, the spirit with which people read Shul and the uh, and adapt that spirit to our own time. And then uh, when people do these read-out-loud activities, we ask them to post a reflection and uh, a video or a photo to social media. So uh, we really want this to be interactive, participatory, in the spirit or adapting the spirit that he uh, he enjoyed uh, with his readers. He had a very intimate relationship with his readers, and his works lend themselves to that kind of intimacy. So there's a real opportunity to rekindle that uh, and uh, make it available and spread the conversation.
0: Well, it's probably safe to say that he would have been intrigued by the idea of all of this happening um, on this global, worldwide web that we have. Um, and I wonder if you could, um, before we go, just share, it goes live when? Or is it so live So the site today?
2: will be live on the 13th of May, mm-hmm. uh, time to Sholem Aleichem's 100th York site, mm-hmm. and, uh, which I imagine will be around the date that this podcast launches. And mm-hmm. It's uh, org. There's a opportunity on the site not just to post reflections, but to give feedback and in the first months, especially of launching a site, it's very helpful to hear from people what's working, uh, if there's anything that could be more clear, uh, any issues. We, we want to know from the audience what they're discovering as they go through the site and help us uh, really continue to create the site in collaboration with readers.
0: Excellent. Well, I hope you'll come back for a visit in a few more months and sort of bring us up to date on what's happening. And We'd love that. That would be great, and uh, thank you. It's a really great project and it's one that's allowed me to immerse myself in ways that I didn't know I could with the writer and the work. So thank you, and thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks so much, Lisa, and thanks, big thanks to you and to your colleagues for all the wonderful resources that the Center contributed to this
0: site. Well, thank you. I will share that with everybody here at the Center, Um, and again, uh, thank you for making it happen.
1: You've been listening to Tune In, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Sarah Bleichfeld. Be happy, be healthy, and tune in again soon.